0: Good morning and welcome to Current Radio. It's Wednesday, January 10th. France's new PM, Attal, is set to choose a cabinet as Macron eyes a political reset, and Bhutan's opposition wins an election amid an unprecedented economic crisis. Plus, politicians from Germany's AFD meet with an extremist group to discuss a deportation master plan, and South Korea's opposition leader calls for politics of hatred to end after leaving the hospital post-stabbing. This coverage and more... Up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Politics Station. Please enjoy today's selection of political news. In France, President Emmanuel Macron and his newly appointed Prime Minister Gabrielle Attal are working on assembling a new cabinet. Abby, our European correspondent, is here to give us some insights. Abby, what can you tell us about this new development?
1: Thanks, Michael. This is a significant move by Macron. Gabriel Attal, at 34, is France's youngest ever prime minister. He's a media-savvy Macron loyalist, and his appointment is seen as an attempt by Macron to reinvigorate his second term, which has been marked by public discontent over rising living costs and controversial pension reforms.
0: So what do we know about the new cabinet? Any hints on who might be included?
1: There's been little information leaked about the formation of the new cabinet. However, Gérald Darmanin, the current Interior Minister, has expressed confidence that he will retain his position. Finance Minister Bruno Le Maire, who has held his position for seven years, also seems keen to stay on. Emmanuel Moulin, a close ally of Macron's Chief of Staff Alexis Kohler, is set to become the Prime Minister's Chief of Staff.
0: Interesting. And how is this reshuffle being perceived in France? What does it mean for Macron's party?
1: The reshuffle is likely to intensify the race in Macron's camp to succeed him in the next presidential election in 2027. Names like former Prime Minister Edouard Philippe, Darmanin, and Le Maire are all seen as potential candidates. However, Attal's appointment suggests Macron's preference for promoting a younger generation of politicians. His move could be seen as a response to public discontent and an attempt to improve his party's chances in the upcoming European Parliament elections.
0: And what about Atal himself? How is he being received by the public?
1: Atal has been polling as one of France's most popular politicians in recent months. He became a household name as government spokesperson during the COVID pandemic and has earned a reputation as a smooth communicator. However, his ambitious and more senior cabinet colleagues could give him a hard time. It will be interesting to see how he navigates these dynamics.
0: Indeed, it will be. Thanks for the insights, Abby. We'll be keeping a close eye on these developments in France. Now shifting our focus to Bhutan, a nation often referred to as the happiest in the world. Voters have placed their hopes in former prime minister sharing Tobgay. Amid economic frustrations, Tobgay's People's Democratic Party has emerged victorious in the recent elections. Abby, our correspondent for Current, is here to provide more context. Welcome,
1: Abby. Thanks, Michael. Yes, Bhutan, a small kingdom nestled in the eastern Himalayas, has been grappling with a spiraling economic crisis. This has led to a shift in power, with sharing Tobgai's People's Democratic Party winning 30 of the 47 seats in the National Assembly.
0: Bhutan has a unique approach to measuring its success, doesn't it? Can you tell us more about the Gross National Happiness Index?
1: Absolutely, Michael. Bhutan's Gross National Happiness, GNH, index is a unique measure of development. It was proposed by the fourth king of Bhutan in 1972 as an alternative to the gross domestic product, GDP. The GNH focuses on factors like psychological well-being and cultural diversity, which are not considered in GDP calculations. It was initially hailed as a more holistic measure of development, especially amid growing cynicism about Western capitalism.
0: But it seems that this focus on happiness is being challenged by the current economic situation. What's happening on that front?
1: Indeed, Michael. Despite its focus on happiness, Bhutan is facing economic challenges. The World Bank estimates that Bhutan's GDP has grown at an average rate of just 1.6% in the last five years. Youth unemployment is at 29 percent, leading to a mass exodus of young people in search of job opportunities abroad. These economic woes have cast doubts on the nation's enduring focus on happiness.
0: And how does sharing Tabgay plan to address these issues?
1: Tabgay, who led the government from 2013 to 2018, has acknowledged these economic challenges. He has pledged to stimulate the economy by attracting greater foreign investment and expanding the tourism sector. However, his party has also voiced its commitment to maintaining the national philosophy of measuring success by the happiness and well-being of the people.
0: It's a delicate balance to strike, isn't it? Economic growth and the happiness of the people. It will be interesting to see how Tobgay and his party navigate this in the coming years. Thanks for the insights, Abby. Now, moving over to Germany, the far-right Alternative for Deutschland, AFD party, is under scrutiny after a meeting with right-wing extremist and neo-Nazi activists was reported. The meeting allegedly discussed a master plan for mass deportations should the party come to power. Abby, our correspondent, is here to delve into this. Abby, what do we know about this meeting?
1: The meeting took place last November at a hotel on the outskirts of Potsdam. It was attended by several AFD politicians, including a personal aide to party leader Alice Weidel. The main topic of discussion was a master plan presented by Martin Sellner, a key figure in the pan-European New Right and a former leader of the Identitarian Movement, which opposes multicultural societies and promotes the conspiracy theory of a great replacement.
0: This great replacement theory, can you explain it to our listeners?
1: Certainly. The Great Replacement is a conspiracy theory that suggests there's a plan to replace Europe's white population with people from Africa and the Middle East. It's a theory that's been widely debunked, but it continues to be propagated by far-right and extremist groups.
0: And what exactly does this master plan involve?
1: The master plan involves the concept of re-migration, which is the forceful return of migrants to their countries of origin via mass deportations. This would not only target asylum seekers, but also citizens holding German passports, who, according to Sellner, form aggressive, rapidly growing, parallel societies.
0: That's quite a radical proposal. How has this been received in Germany?
1: The reaction has been mixed. Some politicians, including the co-leader of Olaf Scholz's Social Democrats, have called for a debate about whether the Constitutional Court should consider a ban for the AFD. However, others cautioned that such a move could backfire by further radicalizing AFD supporters, especially if the Constitutional Court were to reject a ban.
0: What about the AFD's response to these allegations?
1: The AFD has confirmed that Roland Hartwig, a personal aide to Vidal, was at the meeting, but stated that the reported proposals are not party policy. They've also stated that their position on immigration policy won't change because of a single opinion at a non-AFD meeting.
0: It's a situation that certainly warrants close monitoring. Thanks for your insights, Abby. In a shift to South Korea, opposition leader Lee Jae-myung, who was recently stabbed in a politically motivated attack, has called for an end to the politics of hatred. Abby, our correspondent for Current, is here to shed more light on this incident. Abby, what can you tell us about
1: this? Michael, this is a shocking incident that has rocked South Korea. Lee Jae-myung of the Democratic Party was stabbed in the neck during a public event in Busan on January 2nd. The 67-year-old suspect, who has not been publicly named, reportedly told investigators that he wanted to kill Lee to prevent him from becoming president. Lee was released from the hospital after eight days of treatment and surgery.
0: That's quite disturbing. How did Lee respond to this attack?
1: Upon his release from the hospital, Lee expressed hopes for an end to the politics of hatred and called for a return to politics of mutual respect and coexistence. He also thanked the public for their support during this difficult time.
0: It's interesting to see him use this incident as a call for unity. But what about the suspect? What do we know about him?
1: The suspect, who is currently in police custody, reportedly tracked Lee for months before the attack. He bought an outdoor knife last April and followed Lee to five events since June. The police believe his actions were driven by his subjective political belief. The suspect is now awaiting trial, and if he's indicted but still has no lawyer, a court will appoint one.
0: This incident seems to highlight the intense political divide in South Korea. Can you speak more to that?
1: Absolutely, Michael. Lee is a vocal critic of President Yoon Suk-yeol's major policies and their closely fought race in the 2022 presidential election has intensified South Korea's already toxic conservative-liberal divide. Lee faces an array of corruption allegations and related trials and investigations, which he denies and accuses Yoon's government of pursuing politically motivated prosecutions. Despite all this, Lee is one of the early favorites for the 2027 presidential election.
0: It's a complex situation indeed. Thanks for your insights, Abby. And with that, We conclude our stories for today on Current Radio. Looking forward to seeing you back here tomorrow.